need a quick podcast introduction. Do we just say uh, Article 7 Podcast real quick? Article 7 Podcast. Uh, that was pretty good. Here, let's do it a little bit louder. Um, when I cue you, uh, I just go, I'm going to, here, let's, uh, let's do it like this. You found the Article 7 Podcast. All right, very good. Claire, hold on one sec. Just a second to do my intro here. Hey, you found the Article 7 podcast. This is Pastor Andy Jago. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, my podcast is pretty late, and I found myself with a cold today. So I'm just going to do a quick intro uh, and then get you into our program, which is just the service from uh, February 1st, 2015, uh, a standalone sermon called I Know Who You Are, a uh, little bit of demon possession, a little bit of deliver us from evil. Uh, and uh, there's going to be some Alleluia singers, which... Claire is a part of, right, Claire? Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, uh, we have also a little organ music there at the end. So all that's going to come up right next. And uh, sorry for just giving you the, the quick intro here with the kids. Kids, thank you very much. Helping your old man when he's sick. All right. Very good. <laughs>
text for the sermon this day is the gospel lesson, which was just read in Mark chapter 1. And let me reread a portion of that text. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And all were amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Let me also bring to mind a hymn that we just sung, 533, in verse 3. Jesus breaks down all the walls of death's fortress, brings forth the prisoners triumphant, unharmed. Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. Jesus has come, he the mighty redeemer. The demons know. I know who you are, the unclean spirit says to Jesus in our text for today. And I, you know, there's a question that I'm asked periodically, and that is, well, Pastor, you know, is, is that demons or is that just another word for mental illness? Because people didn't quite understand what that was back in the day. And whenever folks ask that in Bible class or individually, I give my typical Pastor Jago answer. Right. Yes. <laughs> Some of you know that. Uh, a little infamous for that. And I'll tell you why, though. Because the Bible, even though it doesn't give us many details, so the details we need are here. There are these spiritual beings that are inhabiting people, and they're talking to Jesus. Jesus addresses them and tells them to come out. Legion, who drives the man out into the graveyards communicates with Jesus. Jesus drives the demons out into a herd of pigs. Now that said, even though we'll grant those, the, the demons and the angels, the supernatural types of beings, that said, mental illness and even physical illness has a spiritual connection. And we need to see that. I mean, there's a reason why we go and pray over people who are sick. There's even been studies to prove that that's effective, even if people don't know they're being prayed for. We pray over the sick. And Jesus, you know, before he heals a cripple, forgives the man his sins first. There's some sort of connection there between the spiritual and the physical. One affects the other. In the gospel for today, Jesus is preaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, just a real brief aside, we're told in another part of the Bible that there's a synagogue in Capernaum, could be the same one here, that a centurion had built. And he was involved in another healing story in the Bible. But that's a, a sermon for another occasion. On the day when Jesus is astounding his hearers, because he speaks with authority. And you wonder if people realize it, what exact kind of authority that is. The same kind of authority that created all the universe and said, let there be light, and there was. People may not have connected that entirely in their heads. They just knew that this was a teaching unlike the scribes. But then they see it when Jesus addresses the spirit, the unclean spirit, and says, come out of the man. The spirit, before he goes, says, I know who you are, and says it with fear. Jesus shows his power, shows his authority. There's no, there's no long ceremony. There's no long prayer. There isn't a, a long discourse. With the, it's just, get out of there. 
The servant, le- the, the, the spirit leaves instantly. It's the same in other stories, other accounts of that kind of healing in the Bible. In Mark's gospel, isn't it interesting? Just a paragraph before, in chapter one of Mark, Jesus confronts the devil and drives back the devil's temptations. And here, showing the same sort of authority. We may not see that. In fact, it's very rare, I would imagine, that we see that. There was one time I was at a pastor's conference, and one of my fellow pastors from Long Island, he he was talking about this instance in his church where there was a lot of strife, a lot of contention, a lot of bickering going on. And there was a day before a big meeting at church. So he went around the church, he prayed over every room. Yeah, and, and and he had his, his deacon with him. He went around just praying all around and praying at the door of the church, front door of the church, let no evil come in here, Lord, he said. And, and he was a little freaked out because all of a sudden he felt something brush by him. He said, okay. And then that didn't freak him out, though, as much as the next day where there was a couple members of the church who could not enter, could not go past the threshold and had to turn around because they had some kind of headache going on. And he's like, whoa. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, it, and all right, so there's, there's one. And then when he said that, though, then there were other pastors around us. Oh, yeah, you know what happened to me? And then they were going around, you know, one person had a lot of experiences in an e, as an EMT and so forth. And, oh, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't desire to have one of those experiences, but you're here. I talked to Pastor Davis and some of our, our folks from their experiences with deliverance ministry in Africa. And you will hear some of these, these kinds of accounts. I don't think it has any, any connection with you know, how much you know or, or that sort of thing. There's just this encounter with the supernatural. And there's some kinds of signs that are there that, that tell you that's what's going on. The Roman Catholic Church will do a whole battery of tests if they think that someone is quote-unquote possessed. Uh, to, to go through the psychological tests, see if there's any kind of uh, psychological thing going on. That is, I hope, very, very rare. What is more common for us is we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. And there's a reason for that. Sin and evil have a way of creeping into our lives, driving a wedge between our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. There's, there's, there's times where people are hurt as a child or abused. And then, you know, and then and suddenly in their conversation, they don't know where it comes from. All of a sudden, it's just anger. Anger that just erupts like a volcano. Boom! Just comes right out. Where did that come from? We say, deliver us from evil. All around us, we, look, we think of the deadly sins, so-called. Lust, envy, wrath. And all of these things can play around in our minds like an addiction. They can even cause addiction. Or, you know, folks that are, that are, are, are there to uh, attach to a substance to fill a hole in their lives. And what is all these things but slavery? They can enslave a person. It's evil. It's sin. It lives inside of us. We need to be delivered from that. We need forgiveness. We need cleansing. We need renewal. We pray, deliver us from evil. And we have the most awesome offensive weapon that could be brought to bear. Whenever there's any kind of oppression, any kind of evil that we need to root out and get rid of in our life. And that's, that's what the demons recognize. They know. The unclean spirit says, I know who you are. And we know too. The spirit says it in fear. 
Because even the demons know at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, every evil has to flee for the door. I know who you are. Evil trembles and flees. The worst thing for the devil is that we should learn. We should learn to cry out as Peter did when he was sinking beneath the waves. Jesus, save me. Lord, save me. Because we need to be saved. We need deliverance. We can't do that on our own when confronted with real evil in this world in our lives. The saying, God helps those who help themselves. It's a great saying for economics, for doing your own thing in life and that sort of thing, but that doesn't come from the Bible. It's Benjamin Franklin writing his poor Richard who said, God helps those who help themselves. St. Paul writes, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And the dead can't respond. We have no life in us. We need the Holy Spirit's power in order to charge and bring us to the point where he could even say, Lord, I'm in trouble. Help me. Jesus, save me. I don't have the power to root this out on my own. Even after we are converted and baptized, there's this struggle through our lives. St. Paul identifies it by saying, you know, what a wretched man I am. Why is he wretched? Because the good he wants to do, he doesn't do. The evil he doesn't want to do, he does. What a wretched man I am. Why are we wretched? Because that evil inside of us driving us away from our source of life and salvation. The unclean spirit says, I know who you are, but we know too. And we don't say that in faith, in fear, we say that in faith. When Jesus was teaching in Jerusalem, he said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And what did our Lord do? What did he come to earth for, if not to save sinners, to release the captive, to set us free? His ministry was one of deliverance setting people free, laying his hands upon the sick, upon the eyes of the blind, the leper, the cripple, and setting them free physically, spiritually, making people whole, driving back even death itself, driving back the curse that is in this world. Jesus came to deliver us from sin and evil. And then wasn't he bearing chains? Didn't he bear chains for us? Wasn't he taken a physical captive? Wasn't he tortured? And when God saw Christ on the cross, did God not see there Christ bearing the curse for us, bearing all of our sins in his body on the tree, as Peter writes? So on the cross, the worst criminal, terrorist, prostitute, drunkard, slanderer, adulterer, murderer. And Jesus takes all the punishment for all of that and became the curse for us. Takes all the evil, bears it on the cross, takes the punishment so that there's no longer evil dominating our lives, but instead he gives us life, gives us righteousness, gives us the peace that passes all understanding. There's times where we need to be reminded of that. Not to go into detail, but let's see if you relate to this. I mean, have you ever, you ever <laughs> had a moment, just a moment in your life, where you said, man, that was so stupid. 
Why did I do that? Why did, why did I just let those words out of my mouth? If I could have that moment back, why did I hurt that person? There was, there was no reason for that. I've been there. I mean, if you have been in a moment of agony, wretchedness, Paul writes, if you've had that sickness, you know, after something that you did, something that you said, you know, Flip Wilson could go back to, well, the devil made me do it. Yeah. No, you have to take responsibility and own up and pay the price and, and make things right if you can. But knowing that the Lord has already paid the ultimate price, the ultimate heavenly price for those things, for those things, that evil in our lives. And he has delivered us from that evil, strengthened us when we say, Lord, help me. Take that out. Take that out of my heart. Take that out of my life. When you feel that agony and wretchedness inside for something that you did and, and that moment that it comes, that could be a wake-up call. It could be a wake-up call. God saying, you know what, son? You're at war. And you've got to realize those spiritual forces that are around you. You've got to realize that t- the time when, it, when it's time to get down on your knees, when it's time to put on that full armor of God, time to take out the sword of the Spirit, which is His Word, time to armor yourself with prayer and the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, no more. I need your help. I need your deliverance. Deliver me from this evil that's living inside. That's a spiritual battle. When we're fighting those spiritual battles, you know, we, we thank God for the protection that we have in this world. Our, our armed forces, our, our uniformed men and women, the hospital workers, you know, those people that help and protect us, they see evil day in and day out. God protects us through those individuals. He protects us inside in our souls through the power that Jesus Christ gives us. The evil spirit says, I know who you are, but we know who Jesus is. We pray to Jesus. We can have others pray for us when we realize when we're locked into a spiritual battle, deliverance, freedom, a new spirit. If you pray to, if you have that burden lifted and you say, Lord, help me, and you know the Lord is going to answer. He's going to answer. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will answer. That's the promise that we have. And when he does, when you know joy like you haven't known for a while, when you know peace in your soul, when the anger dissipates and subsides and you know that peace, when you have a power inside of your spirit that you just haven't felt before, you say, all right, there's the Holy Spirit there. Then we do, when we go to the end of our test today, And we have the task of us individually to testify. We have the task of the church today that has been delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ, who has delivered us from evil. At the end of the text, it says, and at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. We testify, we tell, we bear witness with our lives. And maybe by God's grace and his power, set another captive free. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.